Hey there, welcome to Embrace Your Strengths podcast. You're going to hear inspiring stories of men and women who are embracing their top five Clifton strengths in all kinds of ways. You'll be encouraged to understand more about what's so great about you. Learn how knowing, developing, and living more moments using your strengths can bring you joy and purpose in your life. I'm your host, Barbara Colo. I am so excited today for this conversation I have with my good friend Carol Dodds and her cousin Kim. It's a bit crazy about how talking about Clifton Strengths has opened a door for some fun connections for them since they are cousins. They live in different parts of the country. And they're both living such impactful lives using their strengths in amazing ways. Of course, when Carol told me about just their conversation, we jumped on this idea to talk all three of us together to hear about how Kim uses her strengths in her work and her life and what she's doing. And Carol does too. So welcome, Carol and Kim. Great to be here. Thanks for having us, Barbara. Oh, this is this is going to be just fun, new new experience. Well, I'd love for both of you just to introduce yourselves, who you are, where you live, and what you do, and and what your top five strengths are. But we'll get into those in a little bit more detail later in our conversation. Carol, you want to start? Sure. Uh, this is just truly a privilege for me and a joy to get to share today with a very special family member who is also my friend, my cousin Kim. So that is just a treat for me. And thanks for having me. I graduated from the University of Texas and my husband, Stuart, and I have spent 40 years in collegiate ministry through crew and athletes in action. We've been in the U.S. and in Costa Rica. And ministry really has been a place for me to live out my belief. So we'll, we'll talk more about that. But I'm also a life coach and have had the privilege of pioneering Encore, which is an organization for empty nest women who are ready to, to take the stage. But I'll, take a, I'll talk a little more about that. My husband and I have three grown children, one son-in-law, and we are finally about to be grandparents and we're so excited in April. So that's me. What about you, Kim? Well, I, um, I also grew up in Houston, just, just a few blocks away mm-hmm. from Carroll which was really fun. And I think we'll talk about a bit about our, our childhood later. But I ended up leaving Texas to go to college. It's been many decades ago, and I settled ultimately in California. I was a bit of the nerd in the family, a little bit shy, awkward growing up, but I ended up sort of channeling all that nerdness into my career. And so I had a a 40-year professional career in business from which I retired just last year, most of it as an executive in financial services and philanthropy with Charles Schwab, which is a company that was was headquartered in San Francisco, is now at, uh, actually headquartered in Westlake, Texas. And I'm also a wife and a mom to five children who are now young adults. And so that's sort of my, my story. I, from a strengths perspective, I'm, I'm really strong in strategic thinking and execution and, and in relationships. But we'll talk a bit about, I think, those details a little bit later. I want to chime in because I, first of all, I think a bit awkward is code for brilliant for Kim. <laughs> and then I, I, forgive me, I forgot to say I am activator communication, woo, belief and connectedness. So I didn't share mine, but uh, Kim has completely different ones that I admire so much. Yeah, mine, mine are, my specific yeah, what are, ones what are, are your- learner, achiever, analytical, responsibility and relator. I'm not sure exactly in that order, but those are my top five. Oh, it's, it's so fun just to, to think about those. And again, the things that we're going to, y'all are going to tell us more about how those have 
shown up in your life. Well, I'd love to hear about just your relationship as cousins. Like you said, I know you both grew up in Houston, what that looked like, what it's looked like to be cousins over the years. Yes. We, like Kim mentioned, we only lived about 10 minutes away from each other growing up. And I knew in my heart that at any point I had the support of my uncle Peter, aunt Nancy, and all the Thompson family. And Kim and I shared the in common being the oldest daughters. And I feel like we were close from the beginning because we were an opposite to tract in a lot of ways. Both our dads were very accomplished in their fields and our mothers have had a sweet kind of an opposites attract relationship too through the years. And I'll talk a little bit more about that. And even though we were close in proximity in Houston, what I remember the most were probably our summers in South Padre Island near where our mothers grew up in Brownsville, Texas. And those were precious memories as well as I'll let Kim share a little bit more about how we were connected. Yeah, summers at South Padre were a definite highlight for our families. And and looking back now, especially as a parent, you know, in a position to maybe create those kind of memories for my kids and, and ultimately grandkids. I'm just so grateful to our grandparents for having the foresight to make that a priority for us. They, they would bring us down once a year, every August, and we would stay on the beach at first in a, in a little uh, uh, rinky-dink hotel. And then later they, <laughs> they, they, they bought a condo and, and would rent out other condos. So we would get to know our cousins during during that week, we would room with the, the same gender cousin that, that was closest in age. And it was kind of neat that we had had those. Carol had a different cousin she roomed with that we always looked up to. And we'd always stay in the condo, either with our grandparents or with the aunt and uncle that, that was neither of our parents, right? And so it really was a fun way to have everybody get to know each other. So that was a highlight. But we also spent a lot of holidays together growing up in Houston. And during high school, I remember really looking up to Carol. She was three years older. So she was a senior when I was a freshman. And she kind of introduced me to the fun activities at our high school, including Young Life and campaigners groups. And I felt kind of immediately embraced and welcomed because I was Carol's cousin. I was always super impressed by how popular she was with everyone. She was popular enough to try out for cheerleader which, which, which I, <laughs> I know it's, it's still it's a subject. sore subject, but just to be popular enough to even try out for cheerleader was quite, that was a pretty high bar in Houston, <laughs> Texas at the time. But beyond that, she was just sincerely warm and caring for others. She was so enthusiastic. So, you know, fast forward decades, it's really not a surprise to know that two of her top strengths are woo and connectedness. I really always admired and looked up to her for those particular strengths. That's really Thank sweet. You, Thank you, Kim. Well, I love, I just love envisioning just you all together. Like you say, it's South Padre and just how those relationships kind of span the years as being cousins, even though even the two of you, like others are, you know, different, doing different things, different, living different places, but it's fun. Well, I know recently you've both, kind of had more connections with just your time of season of life with aging parents. How has that looked for both of you? Well, I'll, I'll start about that. I, first of all, Kim's mom, my aunt Nancy has been nothing short of incredible with my mom who is dealing with Alzheimer's right now. And she has been a very loving younger sister to my mom. Aunt Nancy is very energetic. And uh, someone recently actually told me she they thought I was like my Aunt Nancy, which I took as a very high compliment. And mm. she has just 
to the point of moving to the same location as my mom to be there close to her. Both, I'll talk a little more about this or Kim, well, we both lost our dads in the last four years. And so our moms are who we have. And so Kim, Kim and I are connecting about our moms on a pretty regular basis now. Yeah. I mean, the transformation, mm-hmm. I've been thinking about this lately, you know, three and a half years ago of, you know, our parents and our, our aunts and uncles, the sort of big, the, the six, you know, the three daughters who had three husbands, all six of them were alive three and a half years ago. And right now there are only two of them left and it's my mom and, and Carol's mm. mom, Aunt Joan. And so that just when you think back and think how much change that generations had to go through in our family in particular over the past three and a half years, and it not a, none of it, you know, really expected. So my dad died very s- suddenly of a cerebral hemorrhage. Carol's dad, you know, had a, had an illness and it took him quickly, right? Like, I don't think that was expected. Yes. So um, anyway, it's been a lot of change. And I do think it's been a time when our generation has had to rise up to be, to take care of our parents. And there's a lot of change for them and loneliness and things that we didn't have to do before because they had each other that we really need to do to support them. And uh, and it's been, mm-hmm. been, Very been well nice put, to connect Kim. on that. Yeah. So. Well, and then how has the topic of strengths come up? We Actually, we were sitting at Kim and her mom very generously hosted a birthday dinner for my Aunt Nancy, who just turned 85. And so we made, we made the trip to Houston and we're sitting, I got to sit near Kim, which is always a highlight. And I somehow in the topic I don't know how it came up, but I asked her if she had done Strengths Finder, and she said, "Oh, yes, I've used that in my company forever." And and I do want to say Kim is one of the most humble people I know, but she is uh, was voted as one of the most outstanding businesswomen in the Silicon Valley. I mean, she is a an amazing businesswoman, but it goes much deeper than that. And I'm going to share more about that in a little bit. But she obviously has used her strengths in an incredible way in the workplace, but I also believe in an incredible way as a mom and as a wife, which we'll talk more about, but um, that's how it came up. Yeah. So I'd love to hear just kind of how, what that's looked like for both of you, because it seems like both of you have learned about them through work and even just the things that you're focusing on in the work that you've been doing. Kim, what is, what does it look like for you knowing and using the strength finders Assessment. Yeah. Well, as I, as Carol mentioned, I, it, it has been sort of part of the DNA of my of my more recent workplace, which was 26 years. So it was a long term workplace at Charles Schwab. I I had done various things before in my career. I think the DISC profile was one of the first things I did. I did Myers Briggs, which I found helpful, you know. But when when um, Schwab introduced Strengths and had all employees go through it and then incorporated into the new employee onboarding, so that every person has done it and continues to do it, there was something that really resonated for me. The first was that I just think the premise of it was like a light bulb went on. This concept that we all, you know, all of us have areas of relative strength and weakness, but that we're happiest and most fulfilled when we're making use of our strengths. And that while, you know, in school, I think you're taught, you know, you look at your good grades and you go, okay, those are good, but what do I do about this bad grade? How do I bring it up? And in the workplace, though, that really maybe doesn't make sense, right? Maybe those places where you're weak, you should be looking for others to fill in and not kind of banging your head against the wall. And that just kind of resonated with me personally and in the teams that I was mm-hmm. managing. I um, 
and fr from a team management perspective, everyone at Schwab would go through this assessment. And so it was a great way. Everyone knew their strengths. Uh, they were public. They would make them available to their manager and to their manager's manager. So you could put together an entire profile of a team and pretty kind of quickly see where the team had strengths or where the team had gaps. And, and so often when we were kind of working through an issue, we would look down and say, okay, let's look at the strengths of the people on the team. And you would kind of notice like why it was going well, or maybe why it wasn't going so well. So it was a great tool to just constantly improve and think about how people could lean in with various strengths. And if we needed to hire different types of people, what kind of strengths we should be looking for. So I found mm -hmm. it really useful. And then when my kids got, I think your kids need to be like, they have to get to a point where they quit changing and developing, which maybe never. But I think it's someone, it's someone <laughs> right. told me at some point that once they're teenagers, you can kind of have them do it. So I bought the, you know, the book, which is very inexpensive and just had them do their strengths online. I think they only got their top five, but that was helpful for me just to kind of have a sense for where they were coming from and potentially what types of you know, majors in college or types of work may be best suited to at least their top five strengths. So I've used that just to try to help them think about, you know, where, where their path may mm -hmm. be. Maybe, maybe we'll give them the most yeah. joy with the least headache. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm curious, like you say, just having that foundation at work with everyone knowing them, is there any particular scenario that comes to your mind of like, oh, we had an issue with this or like, what were some of those things or how, how did you tweak those? If, I mean, I know there's so much variety, obviously, in everyone's different strengths, but was there anything that, that came up often or even a, a scenario that you're like, okay, this really helped solve that trouble. Yeah. Well, in general, the thing I loved about Schwab that I think kept me there for 26 years is that it really valued the strengths I had. It was very much an organization that valued strategic thinking and execution in combination. And that I think four out of five of my strengths are in those two areas. So that was good. What I would notice at times, um, and because I've got such an execution bias, if people start talking too much about doing something, but don't do it, I get, I get a little impatient. And so when that would happen uh -huh. in my teams, I'd be like, well, we have all these people, they have all these great ideas and they, you know, the brainstorming is off the charts and they would feel very successful with their brainstorming, but then nobody would volunteer to actually do what, what it was they were talking mm. about. And so what you would, what I would often notice in those teams is there was just a lack of execution strengths, right? Or you'd have to kind of look and see who had the most execution strengths and try to task them. So I think that was probably what I saw the most. I also think that at times in, in the sales and business development area, people who had those jobs and maybe were really enjoying them, you could look and say, wow, I can see, see why they'd be enjoying that because they're really good at relationship building and they've got a lot of good strengths around that. And those that maybe weren't so much, you would look at their strengths and say, huh, you know, you really want to do this or would you rather think about a different type of role that maybe makes better use of your strengths? So we use it a lot just for career discussions to really have people really think about what they were, where they were working and whether it was giving them joy and whether their strengths may lead them to a, a slightly different track in their career. Like even for you, particularly as you, it seems like probably you've been living out of what your strengths are your whole life from what I gather, but when you learned your particular strengths, how did it encourage you? Or did you, was, were you like, oh, I want to keep doing more of this or 
did it just accentuate what you already kind of knew and were doing a lot of already? Um, I think when I first learned at Schwab, yeah, I think it made me feel, you know, I always felt like at Schwab, I was like a fish in water because I, I was happy there and I didn't know why. So I think it validated why I was happy and that I had strengths that I think were a good fit with the organization. You know, the flip side mm-hmm. a little bit, uh, well, a lot actually, is every strength becomes a weakness, right? If overused. So it, it has made yeah. me think more about the strengths and where I can overuse them. Like one of mine is analytical and I can go straight into numbers pretty quickly or ask numbers questions. And that can be kind of irritating to people who lead from the heart, right? So I have to really know my audience. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I feel like it's a good way for me to sort of to sort of check myself, you know, both in ways that may be a good fit for the discussion I'm having, but also in ways where I might need to sort of modulate if, if I'm around different type of people. You yeah. know, I, w- I have to jump in there, Kim. It's so once again, the opposites attract it for us as cousins and the way we're made. Because one of the things you mentioned were people, you know, talking and dreaming, but not doing, which is the opposite of me is I'm activator number one. So I do too quickly a lot of times. <laughs> and that's mm. irritating to people. <laughs> so I have to kind of rein in my activation. Like I don't like things hanging over me. So I will take care of them really quickly and impulsively at times. There's a strength to that. But to your point, the weakness is also there. And so I I like what you said about being a fish in water, because I think, you know, if I were to just jump in and share about my role in ministry, I think I've, the thing that comes to my mind and there's, there's actually a, a passage in the Bible that talks about our spiritual gifts, which, you know, there are areas like administration and leadership and uh, shepherding and different things. And my husband has written by that passage that this, these are easy to trust God with. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, they really are because they're just, they happen naturally, the ones that we're gifted in. And so they make life easier. They don't bring stress. Whereas when I'm doing the things that Kim is so amazing at with all of her, you know, her analytical strengths and her learner strengths and things like that. I have more of a struggle because those are not my top strengths and probably are a lot of my weaknesses. Analytical might be way down on mine. So, so anyway, that, that whole thing is very interesting. And and I'll just share an example that happened to me recently when it came to living out my my top five, I guess we would say, um, I had a woman that I supervised through Athletes in Action, and we have a monthly phone call. And she was responding to some of these athletes. These D1 athletes can be kind of hard. They want to grow and they want to grow in all the areas of their life, spiritually, physically, emotionally, socially, but they don't have much time. And so you try, you know, her role is to help them develop and grow and kind of continue on in their personal growth while they're, you know, D1 athletes. So in this case, she was dealing with these two soccer girls and she said they had, both of them had quite a bit of hurt in their lives and they were needing to kind of process some things, but they were kind of clammed up about things. And so I said to her, I said, Gina, what if instead of going in with questions for them, you ask them, what questions are you asking right now? Like, what are the questions you're, you know, and she Mm -hmm. said, oh, that's perfect. Because if I know, you know, then they can say like, you know, what does it look like to deal with my relationship with my father? I'm using that as an example. And so I think that was helpful. And it kind of was 
my connectedness, you know, going on and the communication, how to get people to open up a little bit more. So that was satisfying to experience that recently. Well, and Carol, I know that you enjoy just so many parts about this ministry with Embrace that you started. Like, I see your strengths really shining in that. Talk about that a little bit. Yes. So in 2016, a, a group of ladies and myself got together and the actual name of the ministry is Encore, which we were trying to think about um, what would be a good name. We had a heart, for, we say a heart for women who were like 50 and above living out their best lives at this age, because a lot of times we're like, obviously we have grandchildren and we have retirement. We have things that are really nice and enjoyable, but what does it mean to like take the stage and like really live out of our passions and give our best to life? You know, this is our encore performance. Like let's do it ladies, you know, and men. And Mm -hmm. so that was kind of the heart behind it. And we started with a small process group where we would go over topics like, that are relevant to us, like adult children and, and elderly, elderly parents and, you know, de, de downsizing your home or whatever the case is. And then we decided to go out to another ring. So now we have a monthly meeting and it's not huge. It's probably around 30 women, but we meet around town and we have a speaker come in to talk about a relevant, relevant subject that has to do with 50 and above. And so I'm also involved in a book project, but that's nowhere near finished, but that's going on. And it's basically going to be about living your best years after 50 as well. Kind of a resource book for someone like my sister who just turned 50, my baby sister, where she'd be Mm. like, what's marriage like after all my kids are gone? You know, you could open the book and go, oh, this is what some of these ladies said. Not that it's the final answer, but yeah. So those are some of the, the heart behind that, that actual group that I've been a part of. That's great. Well, I would love to hear like for both of you, what, it's looked like to, as I think you both know, like the strengths of your children and I mean, they're adult children now, but how that's been helpful parenting them and knowing their strengths, how that's kind of given an extra layer of understanding. Yeah. Well, I guess, yeah, I'm happy to go first. So I unfortunately don't have the strengths of my kids in front of me, but I do know that they're all different, <laughs> which is, uh-huh. I think, an eye-opening thing to start with. Like, wow, how does this work? You know, how do you have people either genetically similar and or grown up in the same environment and be so different? So that's the sort of first number one is just this realization that your children are not going to be you. And so you can't just assume that what works for you is going to work for them. But what I've mm-hmm. sort of used it mostly for is just for them to better understand themselves and how unique they are, but have them think as they're working their way through the world. And it started kind of in college when they were picking their majors as to what what kind of things they might be enjoy from a study, study perspective and then what kind of jobs they may enjoy. So, you know, for example, you know, one of my children has harmony. Actually, a few of our children have harmony in their top five, which is interesting. And you think about different roles where you get to feel harmony. And, you know, if you're in sales and on a sales quota, that is not a very harmonious feeling. And so that, that's one where <laughs> yeah. one, of, one of my children was in sales, which is a great place to start straight out of college. But, you know, through discussions and just getting experience with it, he would do well, but it really wasn't making him feel all that happy. And he worked his way into a different role that was a little bit less focused on quota and more focused on relationship management because he has all sorts of good relationship management skills, but doesn't necessarily want the pressure to be, you know, selling to people he doesn't know at all. So, and it's just Uh been a way to open up conversation as they're 
having success and struggle. So it's been very fun. And I think developing our, our adult, adult, adult relationships together. It's really fun because we had a Christmas gathering for that Kim and her mom had as well. And two of our, Kim's oldest son, David, and our youngest, Jared, connected over the sales piece. And it's funny, Kim, that you mentioned Harmony because that's one of Jared's. And I think I'm not a businesswoman, so I may not be able to speak to this clearly, but I think that his harmony has served him well in sales because he is not, people like for him to sell them things because he's not pushy and he's Mm. really easygoing and gentle and kind and the kind of person I think that you like to buy things from because of that. Our daughters probably are made a lot more like me, so they have a lot of the activation and communication and Barbara knows our daughter, Michelle, extremely well. And Barbara, is it she like, is it force of nature? Um, I can't remember. I can't remember exactly what her strengths are, but I know she has some that are really strong ones. Yes. Yes. Oh, self-assuredness. That was, yeah. I'm like, who has self-assuredness? Hardly anybody I know has that strength. <laughs> anyway. That- but it's, it's sweet. Well, I know it is interesting for you to share that, Kim, because harmony is my top strength and- Sometimes I feel like it's a mixed um, blessing <laughs> having that as my top strength. Well, they all are mixed. Well, um, I think that's the other thing just to be aware of is like, I, I, I was first very proud of my top, a few of my top strengths. And then when I read about the downside, I'm like, okay, I just have to realize that anything too extreme is going to be ir- irritating yes. to a whole nother p- group of people who have those as weaknesses, right? So, so yeah. true. So true. Well, I, I love just, Thinking about again, just um, y'all and your, just your differences and your different career paths. But even I'd love to hear just what you both admire about each other. I can tell you just have a sweet relationship and admiration for one another. What what kind of stands out to you, Carol, about Kim? Mm-hmm. Well, I've I've looked forward to sharing this part because it's uh, something I hadn't told Kim about, but I wanted to share this for the world to hear. So obviously, Kim has been incredibly successful in her career, but what touched me so, so much was after the loss of her first husband to hear that she actually took her three children on individual trips to just spend that relater time with them and be with each of them. And I was able to briefly see two of her children over Christmas, which I really enjoyed. But the one that I didn't get to see is her youngest, Mark. And so being the very to a fault relational person I am, I decided I'm going to look on his Facebook when I get home just to see Mark. I haven't seen him in forever. And so I looked at him, I'm like, handsome guy, first of all. Secondly, he has his mom as his profile picture. Now, how many guys at those ages have their mom as their profile picture? I mean, that's expensive. But what really touched me, almost to the point of tears here, even as I'm saying it, because Kim has had uh, had quite a journey with her kids, and it's an amazing story. But what I saw, and here I am choking up, but I'm just going to read this to you because Mark wrote on May 14th, 2017, Mother's Day, he said, Happy Mother's Day to the strongest and most caring woman I know. Thank you for always being there for me and for putting up with all my shenanigans. I love you. And I just thought, wow. I mean, uh, you know, Northern California, everybody knows about Kim with Charles Schwab and with everything. 
But this is why Kim is the way she is. She is this way at home with her children, even after the deepest loss loss of their father. And Kim, I just want to tell you how much I admire that. When I saw that, I just was like the floodgates opened up. And uh, yeah, so congratulations. Well done, friend. <laughs> oh, you're so sweet. I was, I, I have to say when I noticed, well, I'm not on social media much, but, and I'm only on, I used to be on just to see what my kids were doing, but they're really not on it much anymore. So I'm not on it much, but I, I think when his profile picture changed, it sent me an alert and I'm like, wow, I'm, I get to... <laughs> his college graduation and it's sweet you know you're in when you go through something hard anything hard and and having their father die at a young age at their young age was super hard and it, it became all my purpose was just getting them through that to be you know healthy adults but um you it bonds you as well so and these challenges we're going through with our moms right are rebonding us so mm -hmm. the, the the silver lining is yes. I do have a very close relationship with the kids and they know I have their back and congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I just, I've always admired Carol's warm heartedness. She's so enthusiastic and, and, you know, her spirituality really shines through in everything she does. So having belief be, be up there is no surprise for me. I said it before, but she was always the kind of person everyone wanted to be around and that and being so that ability to win others over, which I think is such a gift. And as I said earlier, probably one of my biggest weaknesses is just such a special gift. Um, growing up, I, I kind of, you know, I considered her my wing cousin. So I could hang out with Carol and kind of soak in wherever she, <laughs> if I followed her around in Padre Island, you know, we, we'd know that we'd have fun or, in, you know, enjoyable times because she was just that kind of energy and family gatherings. Mm, that's sweet. Well, that's, I just love hearing that just both of you, just your experience of each other. And, you know, it's amazing the moments that we remember of connection with somebody and we are never even going to really know what all of those are. But as I meet with people and talk with them about their strengths, which I just love to do because I feel like it's like you both have said, it's just such a tool to understand ourselves and the people around us. But one of the things I love to encourage people to think about is like, when, what were some of my finest moments or moments I've been proud of that I really, I was using all my strengths and they were in action. And I would love to hear what either of you think about maybe what one of those moments are. And I'm going to jump in, Carol, because I think I mean, I've experienced a lot of your yours that I think you might have on the list, but especially as you spoke about your dad recently as he passed away. And I think of um, how the joy and articulateness you had about talking about your dad and the way he impacted so many people. I loved hearing story after story that day of ways he his connection really made a difference in people's lives. But just as you were up there talking and, you know, you made us laugh, you made us cry. I mean, there was, it was just so put together so succinctly, but powerfully. And to me, it's like, wow, Commu communication, one of your strengths, you know, we took Toastmasters together. You, you have that strength. I don't, but I still learned some things, but you keep shining in your communication skills. And so anyway, I just, love experiencing that moment and seeing you 
in one of your finest moments. How did you, how did you feel about it, Carol? You're so sweet. Well, what's fun about this is Kim was there also. So thank you for sharing that. And Kim, I have to say, you know, you remember these things because Kim went through this, of course, with her dad several years before. But I remember walking out of getting to share. I did take it very, very seriously because I knew my other siblings were sharing and they were hilarious and fun. I also knew I was going to be the last person and I wanted to summarize and kind of gave a little bit of a different slant, even in terms of my spiritual life and some things that my dad had impacted me about faith and but anyway, Kim, I don't know if you remember this, but but we had a little reception for the family at my parents' favorite little restaurant, Joyce's. And I, I walked in there and, and Kim, I quote, because I love I love and admire you so much. I remember what you say. You go, damn, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so cute. I'm like, oh, that meant so much to me. Boom. A finest moment. Yes. 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 And um uh, so I, I really, really, that was a joy to get to do that and to get to do it alongside my siblings as well. And yeah, I mean, I think it did involve all of who I was and am, you know, and I felt like I finished well with my dad. I mean, he was a very strong personality. I'm a very strong personality. I was the oldest child. I mean, they were we had some differences, but I was glad that at, in that time I could really bring all those you know, strengths together and be able to share from my heart about really the parallel he taught me about the heavenly father based on being my earthly father. And, and so that was really kind of the essence of it. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, and I, I just want to second the power of that eulogy. It was, it was amazing and it was interesting. So I, I first really respected the, the, the Greer, uh, Carol's siblings there. She has three siblings. So the four of them decided all to speak, which a lot, right? But they went in reverse order. So they went from youngest to oldest. And it and just their their each of their personalities shown in all of them. So they all had were very additive. But Carol had to get up there and kind of wrap it all up, which is I think the hardest thing. And she did it. Mm-hmm. I don't you you look like you had no notes. I mean you you just went up there and just started talking. It was either in your head or in your heart. So I was just impressed. I'm like, wow, that is amazing. But there were two things that she said that just to, to this day, and I don't, I do not remember things very well, like specifics, but there were two things she said that I remember to this day. One was the lesson that her father gave or that she learned, which is some things are caught, not taught, which really resonated with me because my father, her, her uncle was one of those people who wasn't, he wasn't lecturing you or telling you a bunch of telling a bunch of stories and, and, and kind of explicitly telling you what to do. He was just living a really amazing life, ethical, you know, caring life. And you were learning just by watching. And so it made me think a lot about my dad. And that's just a great way to describe him as well. And that was also a really wonderful way to describe Uncle Bob. And then his, her ability just to talk, you know, about the last, his last moments and the discussions with the doctors at the hospital, who I think at some point said, it's no longer about the horizontal, you know, him laying in this bed, it's about the vertical and having and having yes. the family and the medical professionals really knowing that and being on the same page and everyone circled around. I just thought the way you 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 communicate that was so special. So she does she does oh, have a you, communication Kim. gift and those were just such powerful things to share. Thank you so much, Kim. I want to I want to share one more thing on a tangent, and and I know Kim needs to share about hers as well. But 
I just want to say one more thing about Kim that I, I have to bring circle back to is, is her mom and her and just their loyalty, like their fierce. And I think this is the responsibility, you know, the relator all coming together, but I just, Kim, even the way you encouraged me after that service, and then you did it again at your mom's 85th, you, you were so specific with me and we all need encouragement and you do an excellent job of that. And your mom has been incredible with my mom. So I just want to say the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. You know, people that are very engaging, encouraging and, and proactive. I mean, Kim, you're a very calm person, but you're very incredibly proactive and responsible. And so that I think falls in line with your strengths as well. So. Mm-hmm. What about you, Kim? Is there any other um, particular thing you think, oh, wow, I was I was really shining in that moment? Yeah, you know, I, I wish I had sort of very specific moments, but I, I think I feel lucky in that my professional career, I think, was what it was just because of my combination of strengths, right? They, as I said before, I was uh-huh. kind of like a fish in, in the right water at Schwab. They were valued there, the combination of thinking and execution. And I had, I got to have a lot of different jobs and grow and grow in them because those strengths were so valued. So I think it was, it, I think I look back and think there were, there was a time in my life that I was thinking about being a doctor like my father. And um, I decided not to, and, you know, periodically you look back, oh, should I have done that? Or would that have been a better path? And I always just say, no, like, I really think I landed where I landed because of the strengths I had. And I found a place that really valued them. And it, it was really nice to not have to change jobs very much. It's not not common anymore with with the, the the younger generations to sort of stay in the same job for over twenty five years. But I was lucky enough to do that and and really enjoyed it. So, mm. well, um, is there anything else that comes to mind that either of you'd like to share? I know it's just there's we could talk forever. I just love hearing just little um, insights from both of you. But um, anything else as we think about strengths and your families, your relationships that you'd like to share? Well, I just, this just hit me when Kim was sharing. I, I do want to say it's kind of neat, Kim, cousin Kim, that we have both been in the same occupations our entire lives, pretty much in both of us. And I think that says a lot to our strengths and the fact that we, I love what you said, be a fish in the, in, in the right water, that we both have done that. And I don't know if that's very common or not, but I think in our case, that's what would happen for both of, both of us. So I really like that. And I, I just want to say personally to Kim, because I may not get to again, I'm just so incredibly thankful for your loyalty, your love and your care for me and for our family, how you've been a relator, been responsible through the years and just kept us to get together and connected. I remember I was at the Round Top Antique Festival a few years ago and my it popped up on my phone from Kim on my birthday, you know, happy birthday. Mm. And, you know, just things like that that are small things, but they're who you are. You're an incredibly loyal person. And so I just love you a lot and I'm so happy happy we've gotten to do this together. Yeah, no, and I would say the same thing. I think we're both, I was, you know, for both Carol and Stuart, just following their journey and knowing that they've been doing the same thing for over 40 years and the lives they've touched and, and even seeing it, we, we were having a, we were having a nice discussion about Brock Purdy, the quarterback of San Francisco, who unfortunately got injured and, and they lost to the Eagles. But just, I, I see so many athletes that you can tell have a very strong spiritual bent. And I think, you know, for decades, Carol and Stuart have been working with these, these kids and good for them. You can really see 
even on on the biggest stage is the result of their work. So it they I it feels mm-hmm. like you guys chose your careers well and really went out on a limb for something that you believe strongly in. And it, it's so nice. So I so mm-hmm. admire you. That's I mean, cute. the other only other thing that comes to mind is that, you know, sometimes like this has been a good chance for me to re, re it's not like I think about these strengths every day, although I probably should. But, you know, I'm, I'm in a bit of a pivot right now. So I retired last year and have gone back to school for a year with my husband to, and we're here with other people who have recently retired to try to think about what our purpose is. And we get to take classes and do all the fun things you do in school. But it's really allowed me to lean into the learner strength that I have, which I wouldn't be doing on a day-to-day basis, you know, raising my kids necessarily. And so I think there are different times in life that you can kind of look at your various strengths and say, okay, which ones are am I ignoring? And do I want to really lean into them for a period of time and see how that feels? So it's been super invigorating for me to to be able to, to uh, even in retirement, be able to use some of these strengths. It's been very fun. That is fun. I love thinking about that. And even as I talk with a lot of different women, like our stage of life of sometimes people feel a little lost and it it's encouraging to just to continue to have vision and even developing new things, learning new things. One of the last questions I love to ask is what has brought you joy lately or put a smile on your face? And Kim, I think you kind of mentioned that idea of even just what you're doing in school or um, Carol, is there any thing that comes to your mind as you think about that? Well, I thought of my mom immediately who had a pillow on her bed. I don't know if it's there anymore, but it, it said the best is yet to come. And she had it on her bed for years and mm-hmm. it makes me smile to think it puts a, joy, a smile on my face to think that really these could really be our best years to come and full of purpose. And so that gets me excited. I'm also obviously very excited about becoming a grandparent with my husband. And like Kim mentioned, I find a lot of great joy in our children and in their significant others, our son-in-law as well. So those things all put smiles on my face. Well, thank you both for um, taking time just to have this conversation. It's just been so inspiring and encouraging. So um, I appreciate y'all being here with me today on Embrace Your Strengths. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope this time has given you hope and encouragement about how amazing you are or helped you understand someone you know or work with or love. If you're curious about your top five strengths, you can take the assessment at cliftonstrengths.com. If this episode's been helpful to you, please leave a review, share the podcast with a friend, or subscribe to Embrace Your Strengths podcast. You can find more information at barbaracolwell.com. I sure look forward to our next time together. Take care.